And we're back for Flex Friday. Wait, no, wrong thing. Sorry, we're back with uh, Hockey Think Tank Quick Hits with Male Model and Coach. (laughs) (laughs) Name to be determined. Guys, send those names in. We're still fishing for them. Uh, Toph, last topic of the 10-minute, whatever we're calling it. Unbelievable. Toph's topic was two-on-ones, which I loved. Uh, Toph, my topic was half-wall guy on the power play. And I'm bringing this up, guys, because Toph had disgusting filthy yucky vision and it was a nasty passer i on the other hand had none of those things that i just described that tove had so anytime now that i get to hear tove talk about like what he was seeing and and how he thought the game and and slowing it down and things it's really cool for me because i did not see the game the way that tove did and the only time I played half wall in my whole career was when I played in Japan. So, uh, and I loved it, but the league wasn't obviously as good as the AHL <laughs> or Austria or anywhere else I played. So, Tove, just talking about half wall. Yeah. What, what do oh. they got to do? What are they looking for? What is their goal? What is their role? First things first. So, if you have not read um, the article that Brandon Dorado and I did, what well, was probably like six, seven years ago now, where we literally watched every power play goal and dissected it with a fine tooth comb, it's on the website. Go to hockeythinktank.com. We dive into this like majorly. We go through every spot half wall, point, bumper, net front guy, offside guy, and like talk about their strengths like how they can bring value to a power play and stuff. So I would encourage everybody to do that half wall guy. First of all, I think the most important thing is that they're a dual threat. They can shoot the puck and they can pass the puck because if you can only pass, you're only as good. Like if you can just pass it, then the penalty kill will take away all the passing lanes and they'll like, goad you into shooting the puck. And if you're shooting the puck from the top of the circles and you don't have a good, you're not going to score. Right. So I think like being a dual threat and having the ability to like either one time a puck or find lanes, find seams for, for shots. Like I think first and foremost, being a dual threat, very, very important. Uh, Another thing, very, very important for the, excuse me, for the half wall um, player is they have to be really deceptive with what they do like their deception from their upper body to their lower body in causing the defensive players to move their sticks into certain spots to open up lanes for passes is so massively important. So how are you doing that with their eyes and with their upper body? So it's like, I'm really, really, really looking at the defenseman. So if I'm a lefty, you know, I'm really, really looking at the D man and boom, I pass it down to, you know, to the net front guy down by the net. Like, you're just you're forcing the penalty killers to um, spread out, spread out, or put their sticks in certain lanes based on where they think the puck is going, based on the information that you're giving them with your eyes and with your upper body and your stick. So I think deception and being a dual threat are like the two biggest assets for somebody that's playing on the half wall with the puck on the power play. Love that. Thoughts? Did you ever? So like you guys can't see him obviously because you're not on this awesome zoom call, but we are <laughs> um, Toast showing, you know, being on his one, he's a left-handed hockey player. He's showing being on his one timer side in the offensive zone as he's demonstrating right now on the camera. So that would be your one timer side. Did you ever play on the other side? I didn't, but I no. think there's a lot of value to that too. I think I, I if think you can attack too. coming downhill where like you're like technically the half wall guy, but like, let's say the D 
you know, is walking the line the other way and then you're coming yep. up and then they're giving you the puck on your forehand and now yep. you're attacking downhill. Now you can, you can see a lot. You're attacking with a little bit more speed, you know, an easier plus, pass across the box. It, it could be. And again, a lot of that is based on the deception that right. you show and getting the defenders to put their sticks where you want them to go. Um, so yeah, I think it works both ways. Like if you have a great one-timer, like if you have two guys with great one timers, that's unbelievable. You can play on your offsides and just hammer bucks. Um, and and that will give you some more space because you have to like take away the one timer, right? And if you got two guys, like think about Kudrov and Stamkos in Tampa Bay. Forget mm-hmm. about it. Like, forget about it. Um, and so, like, yeah, I I but I do think there's value of attacking downhill on your on your right hand side too. Yeah, that can yeah. work for sure. Yeah, I, I like that. I obviously only played them on my forehand that one season, just a little bit, but um, I played down low a lot where I would be the guy in front and I'd pop out, you know, for, for to be a pressure release. Um, and I always found it was way easier uh, to get passes through from guys who were on their strong side, you know, just yeah. like if that was your play from the half wall, if that was like one you were trying to look for like a quick stuff or just bring it across a crease or hit the guy down low and then the guy at five on the dice in the middle or whatever you're calling it, you know, sometimes that that's the play from the half wall guy. But I always think about the thing that Rob Shrimp said on maybe like episode seven of this podcast, the toe caps, the toe caps man, guys, I don't even know if you can find that episode. I don't know if that's out there, um, but uh, Robbie Shrimp, one of the most skilled guys I ever played against absolute beauty. He, he was saying that he would just look at guys toe caps and he would try and manipulate what Tof was saying, what he's doing with his body and the, the the deceptive signals that he's sending on purpose that he wants them to read because he's playing chess while they're playing checkers. And as soon as he got them to turn their toe caps in a certain way, that was his cue to attack this way or that way, you know, because they were turned the wrong way. And by looking at their toe caps, that's which way their, their momentum is going. And it's like so simple, guys. But like those are those little details of the game that if you learn, if you study, if you start to notice, it's going to make a massive difference on what you're able to do on the ice. Were there, yeah. were there any other things that you like looked at, like tells or anything as the half wall guy? What do you mean by like tells? Like, like the toe caps. Like as soon as that guy, like for your, I mean, the stick is easy. Like, okay, I'm trying to cut through the box. So I need to fake to pass it up top. And as soon as that guy moves his stick pressure up top, I'm zipping it across to the guy across. Like what types of things were you looking for? Everything's about sticks. Everything's about sticks and passing lanes. And the one thing that we talked about a lot is making sure that the half wall player, the bumper and the offside guy are not in a straight line. The way that teams are penalty killing where they're flooding down nowadays. Now it's going back a little bit towards a diamond, kind of how we did it back in the day. But like if the, um, the half wall player, the bumper and the offside guy are in a straight line, that's easy to defend. Because yeah. you can't pass the puck through three people. You just can't. So if the bumper moves down a little bit or the bumper moves up a little bit, it's taking that middle penalty killer up or down with them. And then that creates potentially a passing lane. And so, like again, I, I encourage everybody to go to the website and read this because we really did a deep dive that we can't do in 10 minutes here. Um, but yeah, like it just, it's just about creating options. It's about creating options. How do you do that? You do that with deception. You do that by looking at the other team's sticks and where they're at. And you do that by 
movement formations, you know, things that you can do within your structure of a power play in the offensive zone as well. And so I think guys on the half wall, like it, it goes back to, you have to be able to shoot the puck. I really believe you have to be able to shoot the puck. Like, because then it just, it gives a little bit of angst to that penalty killing unit and they're not just going to take away the pass. You know, they have to honor and be honest with, with your shooting abilities as well. That's so true guys. Like penalty killing was like one of the things I was best at for my own game. Um, I actually loved penalty killing almost as much as I love scoring goals, but come on, scoring goals is more fun. Um, <laughs> but if there was a guy who was on the half wall or, you know, he's kind of rolling up and when you get into kind of like that, that umbrella type setup from the half wall guy, if there was a guy there who I knew had a muffin, I would just give him way more ice. I would, I would back off. I would take away more of the middle of the ice with my body. So they couldn't hit the bumper through my body. And I would, I, because I had a long arm and a long stick, what's up. I would take away the pass to the <laughs> umbrella up top. And so by doing that, I knew that I could do that. Cause I knew that that guy wasn't a shooting threat or if he did shoot it. Okay. Outside top of the circles, outside of the dots, a hundred percent, your muff is not going to score on my goalie and pro. So I'll let you kind of have more room to take that shot. So by you putting a guy who's a good shooter there, like Toph is saying, it changes up the whole dynamic of how killers have to kill against that specific power play. Yeah. And, and last thing, cause we're under a minute here. I think, um, the hockey sense of the half wall guy in terms of, when to move with the puck too, right? So mm. like, you know, I feel like quick puck movement is how teams are going about it nowadays. People don't want their half wall guy to just hold onto the puck and look for options because that's kind of how it used to be. Now they want it in and out of their hands uh, like quicker. Like let's mm. get the D moving. And, and now you're seeing a lot more movement with guys actually having the puck and skating it and changing lanes and things like that. So um, I, I think that the hockey sense of the half wall guy to know when to move it, when to move themselves, I think that could be huge too. But dual threat, understand where the passing lanes are. Biggest things. Two, one. Share the episode.